Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone and welcome to the Fossa Italian Football Podcast. It is week six of Serie A, and in case you haven't noticed yet, I am not Connor Clancy. I am Nicholas Carroll, filling in for everyone's favourite Irishman while he goes gallivanting around in Toronto, I believe, Canada. Uh, not sure why, but there you go. Um, I was there for some reason. I've been left in charge, so I'll be doing my best today. But to help me in my first time at the helm. I have a fellow fellow Australian countryman and fellow Melbourneian, actually, Vito Doria, here to assist me. So, uh, Vito, how are things? Yeah, good, Nick. Uh, this should be a fascinating experience. So, I've been used to Connor being the host, and uh, before him, I was used to Dovsky Avone hosting. So, this should be an exciting experience. And also, we have a new guest, too. Indeed, we do, making her debut, of course. Um, you may have seen her on the FIF YouTube page in a number of videos over the last year. It's our favourite Neapolitan, Katarina Mira. Kat, welcome to the podcast. We're Hi. very happy to have you here. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me tonight and happy to talk about Serie with with you guys. Looking forward to it. Well, uh, let's get started with, um, we'll kind of look at the top the top, um, the top of the table, let's say, uh, Juventus and Napoli. Now, it is, I believe I saw a stat. It's the first time in Serie A history that two teams are on a maximum amount of points after six matches. Uh, so just quickly on the games themselves, uh, Napoli came from behind to beat Spal 3-2. Uh, Fasi Gulam was arguably the man of the match in that, providing the inch-perfect cross for Jose Callejon before uh, quite an incredible solo run um, to grab the winner himself. And then for Juventus, it was pretty much another routine day at the office, uh, beating Torino 4-0. It was an early goal for Paolo Dybala, which was soon followed by somewhat of a moment of madness from uh, Daniele Baselli 
providing somewhat of a fly kick to uh, Miralem Pjanic, getting a second yellow and pretty much condemning Torino to the loss. So uh, I will start with you, Kat, because you are our our new guest. So for Napoli, of course, you are a Neapolitan. our Neapolitan uh, born and bred. So while it wasn't overly uh, convincing against Spal, they're still getting those results. So, um, I mean, how do you see their season so far? And is there still a lot of improvement for this team? Yeah, for sure. Um, the thing that um, is good is that Napoli is now with 70 consecutive away games undefeated. And it's a great, great result. Uh, but against Pal, uh, I can say that it's been the most suffered win for, for the Azzurri at the moment. And indeed, they have some dubs also for the trio, Diawarad, Zeliski, Amsik, all together in the midfield that probably didn't work also against uh, Shakhtar Donetsk in Champions League. Mm. So I think the limit now probably is that not everyone are on top of the, uh, their form and probably um, Jorginho and Alan now are more than essential for the team. And However, apart from the individual issues uh, that could be easy resolvable, the mistake that Napoli is still doing is starting the first minutes uh, of the game not convincing. And so always giving away the, the first half, for example. And we have seen with Lazio and we see also yesterday, um, on Saturday, sorry, uh, against Pal and also against Shakhtar. And in Champions could be really a problem. But I believe that the difference from last season is that now the, um, the Azzurri believe more in themselves and also have the desire of never, of never give up. And so the good thing is that they are responding well from their mistakes. And I think that's, that's the key for, for this year. Hmm. Of course, I am going back uh, a week ago now, but I just wanted to ask quickly, how many times have you watched that Mertens goal from? Um... <laughs> <laughs> During the night, probably 10 times. And then... <laughs> the following day and then dreaming about it dreaming yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay well uh Vito I'll go to you um of course I I didn't want to focus too much on the the Napoli and Juve matches themselves but rather the race for the Scudetto almost you could say while it's still very early days but in your in your eyes who who has obviously the neck and neck at the moment on maximum points but who has the potential to actually go up on another level and I don't know, take take the advantage in that possible race for the CDR title this season. I have a funny feeling I'm going to end up sounding like a fence sitter here because I still think <laughs> oh, it's a no. bit hard to tell. Um, I, although I do believe that this is Napoli's time to finally win that third Scudetto, uh, I still believe that Juve is probably the one that can still improve on the basis of what we've seen against Torino. Although the Derby della Mole was easily won because of Baselli's kung fu kick, if you like, <laughs> I thought it was one of the more fluid performances that I had seen in the Allegri era. And one of the big differences was dropping Gonzalo Higuain mm-hmm. by starting Mario Mandzukic 
as the centre forward, I think that made a massive difference. And I just saw a more fluid and faster Bianconeri side. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned Higuain and it's it's constantly brought up in the media about his fitness and he certainly hasn't started that well this season. Uh, Katarina, we know he's your favourite um, ex, yeah, <laughs> ex-Napoli player. So what, what are your thoughts on uh, Allegri dropping him? As Vito said, it's probably the most fluid they've been in quite some time. So was it the right decision? And going forward, is he going to be become a bench player? Yeah, I believe that Allegri made the right decision and he probably uh, will be in the uh, will be in the starting eleven on when, on Wednesday against uh, Olympiakos. But at the moment, he's not in uh, his top form. It's not really himself this season. He was left uh, also left out from the Argentina national team. And however, he made an assist when he came in. Uh, but I believe that yeah, Mandzukic was more fluently on the pitch, and it's not only the, it's not the best period for him right now. And mm. but looking for Wednesday game, he probably will be in the starting eleven. Well, while we're um, comparing the two, um, there's a question that's come in on YouTube from Imran Khan. Is Dabala better than Mertens? Um, I'll let either of you take that one. Well, I'll have my say first. And look, statistically, you've got to say that Dabala has the upper hand if you can score... 10 goals in just six league games, especially in a league like Serie A, you have to be a really special player. But I enjoy watching both players as it is. So although Dybala should get the upper hand just on the basis of statistics, I mean, uh, I'm sure either, either side in uh, Serie A would be happy to have one of the two in their team because they're both match winners and they're both players you can score goals out of nothing too. So... Um, of course, each side will have the uh, fans. They'll stick to their own player. But uh, as a neutral, I enjoy watching both of them. Yeah, it's um, they, uh, as you mentioned, Vita, they, they are, seem like very two different players very much so, and particularly playing in two very different teams, different strategies. Uh, Katarina, would you, would you swap Mertens for Dybala if you could? <laughs> Yeah, only because it's from Napoli. No, no. Uh, <laughs> no, I love Martens the way he's playing. And yeah, it's totally different because yeah. probably methods also run more than Dybala <laughs> during all the game. And so it's and also he's starting this new role just last year. And we have seen how how he improved. And yeah, on the basis of the statistics, Dybala just scored uh, 10 goals and Martin six. But the thing is that also the way of playing is different between Juventus and Napoli. We can see also Napoli have a lot more players who are, who are scoring. And also, yeah, mm-hmm. we have seen Gulam, Zeliski, and also they come from the, the midfield because it's the way of Sari playing. And Juventus is, is probably now has been linked more on, on Dybala. is probably reliant 
from from him right now. Um, while just before we get to the Champions League matches uh, up ahead, um, just another one I'll throw to you, Vita, quickly. Another question that's come in. Um, we mentioned Higuain. Um, basically, should Mandzukic be playing instead of him? Has he shown enough to to have earned that place in the starting lineup? Oh, absolutely. I believe that Mandzukic is a harder worker than Higuain, and I'm sure a lot of people would be thinking the same too. And a guy like Mandzukic, he's a guy that can contribute to the team play. Uh, There are some players where you've got to set the team around them, and Mandzukic isn't that type of player as Higuain perhaps probably is. So I think uh, with Mandzukic's involvement in open play instead of just being a guy who's a fox in the box, I think... That will benefit Mandzukic in the long term and it could serve as a big wake-up call for Higuain. Mm, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you with that. I think uh, Mandzukic, even last season, he was somewhat of an unsung hero. The amount of work he did in the background, as you said, for the team was um, quite substantial. So I think he's more de- than deserved of that starting uh, position for the time being at least but uh, looking ahead we've got the midweek Champions League fixtures uh, Napoli are at home to Feyenoid uh, and Juventus at home to Olympiacos both teams didn't get off get, get their campaigns off to the best of starts but um, they'll be looking to get some victories and you have to say that they probably should get the, the three point the maximum points in these matches Uh Kat, I'll go to you first. Uh, Napoli at home to Feyenoord. It's I'm not going to say a must win. Obviously, it's still early, but it's certainly a match that they, they have the ability to win. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I believe they both uh, Napoli Juventus are favourites tomorrow, and they need to secure a win tomorrow. Especially, yeah, Napoli will have Manchester City in October. Uh, home and away and maybe it will be more difficult probably tomorrow for Juve than Napoli but in Champions anything could happen and you know, the Feyenoord have lost the, the three of the last four games in all competition they didn't get a Champions League win in, Euro- uh, sorry, in Europe a win in eight games uh, so uh, Napoli have need to secure a win tomorrow and probably at home will be easier. Uh, indeed, Juve, uh, I don't know, Olympiakos is struggling at the moment and they also lost this weekend and probably they could secure a win and they need it. And so hope for both of them tomorrow could be a great games to watch. Yeah, um, Vito, uh, your predictions for both the matches quickly? Hmm. Well, I think for both games, uh, the Italian side should have uh, comfortable wins. So I expect Napoli to dominate against Feyenoord. And same thing with uh, Juventus. I think although it's only the second match day of the Champions League action, uh, nothing more than a win would be acceptable against uh, the opposition that the Italian sides are facing. Okay, uh, just quickly before we move on, uh, Kat, just because we have you on, I just wanted to ask, because it is still relevant to the race, I guess, um, where do Napoli's priorities lie? Because 
I mean, in terms of how serious do they want to take the Champions League if that possibly means taking away from a possible Scudetto challenge? Obviously, we know the fans love the Champions League being there, screaming the Champions anthem, but, you know, from Maurizio Sarri's perspective, is this is the Serie A a high priority? Yeah, I believe so. I believe the Serie A is the is the aim, and well, of course, every team is going to play in the in Europe and in the Champions League. Uh, we lost some points in Serie A or vice versa, so uh, we cannot hide that at the moment for Sarri, his aim is the the Scudetto, and we saw it also from the lineup against Shakhtar that could be also a sign. And however, they put also a lot of energy in the second half, half uh, during the last game. So I partly agree with that. But Sarri and the team have fight so much for this spot. And they know the, the champions always bring to the supporter. Um, uh, they gave strength to the team. Mm. It's, it's something that for the enthusiasm... In Napoli, it's important to keep, and I believe they're going to to fight in in the round, and for sure the the priority is the Scudetto challenge, and tomorrow it will be a good test for for everyone. Okay, so we will finish it off with Juventus and Napoli for the time being. They've obviously started Serie A in incredible fashion, so it'll be. Fascinating to watch them throughout this season. But moving on to possibly the biggest upset from the weekend, uh, Sampdoria against AC Milan, where Samp finished 2-0 victors and still remain unbeaten. Uh, you'd have to say by most accounts it was quite the deserved win for the Blue Cecchiati. Vito, I'm going to throw it over to you. Um, take us through what happened. Yeah, I must admit, for me, it was a bit of a nerve-wracking game because it often happens in football where a team dominates possession or dominates the proceedings, even if you don't necessarily have all the control of the ball. But unfortunately, the opposition can score a goal against the one run of play and you get rewarded with nothing. Fortunately, though, Sampdoria managed to get the three points and... Uh, Aside from my own bias, I think it was a well-deserved performance because the Doriani really controlled the game. Uh, Marco Giampaolo got his tactics spot on, whereas uh, Vincenzo Montella was made to look simplistic and incompetent. The great thing about uh, this side now is that although there have been some changes throughout the summer, it's Giampaolo's second uh, season as Sampdoria coach and he's finally getting his uh, philosophy right. So... Um, the common thing was that Sampdoria would press AC Milan in the midfield, then uh, the Rossoneri would turn the ball over. And uh, we were creating a lot more chances in the first half. And Duvan Zapata, he was having a few opportunities to score himself. And uh, well, I honestly felt that it could have been like 3 or 4 nil even before halftime with some of the chances that fell to our place, so like even Torreira had a chance to score and and even Gaston Ramirez, there was one part where he passed to Zupata, but he could have gone for glory himself outside of the box. Hmm. And then in the second half, although the Rossoneri had a bit more possession, 
uh, finally things uh, came good for some. Although I must admit that the AC Milan players, they did more to provide the assist than the Sump players. Um, and you, you mentioned the midfield and in a lot of ways they very much dominated uh, a more fancied opponent. Um, I believe you actually wrote an article on uh, Lucas Pereira. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Uh, so if uh, if uh, any of our listeners, they haven't had a chance to read it, do go ahead and read it because Lucas Torero was a standout performer in that game. And the interesting things about him is that he's 21 years old, but he plays like someone with greater maturity and uh, a much smarter football brain than someone his age. So... I love his tenacity and also how he just keeps things simple. And he's just a tireless runner too and a great competitor. So guys like him, they're not, uh, you know, they're not always easy to find. And when you do have them, it's always great to have them fit and firing because uh, Torreira, despite not having a big profile, he's someone that could have won in a few years' time. And he really made the difference against those uh, more established names in the Rossoneri midfield. 100%. 100%. When you look at the likes of, uh, sorry, Kat, I'll, I'll come to you. No, I agree, I agree. No. <laughs> um, yeah, but when you look at the likes of uh, Lucas Bilia, who very rarely gets kind of um, dominated in that way, he's one of the most consistent players in Serie A, particularly last season um, for Lazio. And uh, he, Torero just um, gave him no space and no time and um, completely just outclassed him. So it's rare you see that, and that shows as you mentioned, Vito, from a 21-year-old, um, quite quite an incredible feat. So it'll be interesting to watch how he develops. Uh, Vito, I'm just going to stick with you quickly because, um, as I mentioned uh, briefly, they are undefeated. They still have a game, a game in hand. Um, so is to you, as a Sampdoria fan and as, a, I guess, a neutral Serie A fan, is this form that they're providing, is it a surprise and... Where does it stand compared to some of the strong starts that we've seen in previous seasons? So to go back to 2014, after six matches, Sampdoria were on 14 points. Uh, they went on to finish seventh place that season. They were one position behind Genoa, Vito. Um, and in 2009, um, Samp actually led the lead at uh, led the league at this stage with 15 points, and I believe they went on to finish fourth in that season. So, where does this sit? And um, yeah, how much confidence do you have going forward? I don't expect us to be challenging for the Scudetto, not even like the <laughs> 2009 side. But I do think that reaching the Europa League is still a possibility for this team. Um, one of the main differences between those two teams is that Giampaolo has that distinctive style of play. There's a more structured style. And I think the way he sets up the team allows his teams to be more solid defensively, but they're more able to press and even the confidence on the ball has improved because... There are players like Edgar Barreto, who's a workhorse in midfield, but he can use the ball properly now under Giampaolo. Uh, the captain, Vasco Regini, didn't play in the game against Milan, but he's more comfortable in the centre-back role. And just generally throughout the team, 
I think compared to the sides under Luigi Del Neri and Sinisa Mihalovic, um, it's just better tactically and better technically too, whereas the other teams were a bit more workmanlike and dependent on certain individuals, whereas this team, everyone's got their role to play, mm. but the play, the way the team builds up possession and all that, and even the way it defends, everybody's making reliable contributions. And that's where I think Sample will remain strong. If everybody's playing their parts and doing it with effectiveness too, and they have the right work ethic, uh, that will keep Sampdoria within the European spots. Okay, uh, just quickly before we move on to the other side of that result, uh, Kat, I'll throw it over to you. Atalanta last season were somewhat of the fairy tale. Can you see Sam being uh, playing the part this time around? Um, how, how, from a neutral perspective, um, how do you see their, their form? Yeah, sure, sure. It could be. As you have seen the last season, everything can happen. So they have a decent squad. Uh, Gem Paolo made great work from last season. It's just a confirmation of of his work with the team and they deserved the win yesterday against Milan and also making suffer the Milan's defense. We've seen Bonucci, we've seen Christian Zapata and the Rossoneri didn't hear register a shot on target yesterday. That that's mm-hmm. probably <laughs> the news from the match. And so yes. I agree with that. They could be the new surprise of the of the Serie. A. Well, well, we'll throw it over to Milan because, as you mentioned, they didn't register one shot on target yesterday. Well, against uh, Sampdoria on the weekend. Uh, so, Kat, I'll just stay with you. Um, is is this a concern? These kind of losses, or is this the the teething problems that we were kind of expecting uh, Milan to have with such a, a new squad? So, is it too quick to be criticizing the likes of Montella, or has he actually been getting it wrong? Yeah, I believe it's a little bit too early, probably, to criticize him. Uh, we also um, talk about that. Of course, the transfer market has been. A rebuilt has been a, a rebuilt for the team for for the the manager. It's not easy for a coach to do a, re, a proper restructuring of a team in this little bit frame of time. And we need to consider also they they've done the Europa League qualification in August, and so also to find the new solutions is not easy. I can say that probably they're going to fight for a Champions League spot. They improved a lot from last season. And it's quite usually now, usual now that they're going to need to find the new cohesion, the new balance. And mm. probably the Europa League on this way could help them in the way of playing more and more. And so doing probably better. Also try to... Losing also some points, but... They're probably going to play more and to find the the right balance in the team. So I think it's too early right now to criticize him. Yeah, well, when you look at um, some of the stats, and while they don't say everything, but the Rossoneri have actually conceded less shots than any other team with the exception of Napoli. 
Um, I think it's fair to say their presence in midfield has certainly improved um, despite being outclassed by Sampdoria on the weekend. Um, there's the beginnings of a solid defence um, there and I, I guess if they could minimise a lot of those poor lapses and improve the cohesion, um, I mean, you've got the likes of Christian Zapata, which is possibly another story altogether, but... Um, Surely there's better things to come here, Vito. I reckon that uh, there are better things to come, but at the moment, Montella needs to have a greater understanding of the players at his disposal because due to the big signings that they've made over the summer, it might take him a bit more time to realise who's the best in each position and each role. So... Um, I think anyone on social media who's calling for his sack, I think it's very premature and he should at least see out the season because um, we don't experience what it's like to coach these players every day. So Montella might see certain things in training, but what we see on match day could be two different things. If I really had to emphasise on one thing, or in fact two things, I think uh, Christian Zapata's got to be dropped for good because... If uh, you needed more evidence, uh, I would find that surprising that you would need to see Christian Zapata make more mistakes because he- Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. He's a shocking defender. And also, I think Hakan Chalkanoglu has got to become more of a starter because he provides fantasy, he provides an X factor, and he's an excellent free kick taker too. And whenever he's played for AC Milan, he's looked absolutely dangerous. So I think that Montella's got to give him more of a chance or try to accommodate him in the team as much as possible. And one player that perhaps doesn't get enough scrutiny is uh, Suso because he tends to play a fair bit for AC Milan, but he can have a few off games too, so he might be due for some time on the bench. Would you, I'll just stick with you for a second, Vito, would you throw Andre Silva in there, who 
has also not been getting that much playing time. Do you think he warrants a, uh, more of a start as opposed to Nikola Kalinic? On the basis of what I saw a fortnight ago against Austria-Vienna, he scored a well-taken hat-trick. So a lot of people can say that it was only Austria-Vienna, but you still got to put the ball in the back of the net. And he looks a bit more mobile and lethal than Kalinic too, whereas Kalinic seems to be a guy who's just a, a fox in the box, a, a poacher, that guy that will just stay on the last defender. So perhaps Andre Silva can add a bit more speed or mobility than what Kalinic does. But I think uh, in, although I've talked about Zapata in defence and Chalconoglu in midfield, there's still other aspects of the team like you just mentioned with the strikers, that need improving on. So I don't think it's just a matter of making one or two changes. Um, there might be, you know, three or four, or even more than that, for the team to be far more cohesive and also be better organised in both phases of the game. Mm, so it's uh, it's going to be a bit of a waiting game for Milan, it seems, at least for the time being. And uh, echoing Vito's thoughts, I think, um, if Inter provided any example, it's that uh, really need to allow a manager to to develop with his uh, team and actually um, have a chance at building some kind of um, cohesion there. So um, uh, Rossoneri fans will no doubt be hoping for some improvement there, although, you know, four wins out of six, it's, you know... Th- well, if you read the media, you probably think it's a lot worse than it is. So um, I think this, um, they shouldn't be panicking too much just yet. Uh, I think we will move on now to uh, possibly somewhat of the forgotten team, uh, Roma, who, of course, did finish, um, well, obviously got the Champions League qualification last season um, and finished second. They had a fairly easy day at the office, beating, uh, you have to say, a fairly disappointing Udinese, who did gift a couple of those goals uh, with the score finishing 3-1. Um, they've only lost um, the one match to Inter in the Serie A this season, um, and even in that match they did dominate for much of it. Uh, they've got a draw against Atletico Madrid, which I guess a lot of uh, pundits weren't expecting. So uh, the Gialarossi fans, is it fair to say they should be fairly happy with the start that uh, Eusebio Di Francesco's made? Uh, Kat, I'll throw it over to you. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Di Francesco are making a decent job, especially against Atletico Madrid. They played really, really well. He can also improve. And he's a you know, young coach and he's just in three months. And he's doing a, a great work with uh, with the team at the moment. He quickly settled, and that's important. And so I think the Gialorossi now are quite happy to to have him. Uh, probably the team is not perfect, not so enjoyable to watch, but they um, they at the moment could improve. And also Jaco made a great start, just scoring uh, six goals. So. For the beginning of the season, at the beginning of the season, I wasn't so optimistic about Roma. And so now, uh, yeah, I thought for a really bad start. Uh, also, uh, I haven't seen transfer market, but I wasn't expected this this start from them. So, Di Francesco sure is is doing a great job. 
Uh, Vito, you know, going into this season, um, obviously Juventus and Napoli were the favourites. There was a lot of talk about AC Milan spending and then Inter with uh, the the arrival of Luciano Spalletti. Uh, Were we too quick to write off um, Roma, given the coaching change um, and the uh, Francesco Totti leaving, somewhat of a changing of guards, were we too quick to write them off? And um, should we be uh, considering them amongst the the biggest challenges for the Champions League spots? I must admit, I was one of those guys who had written off Roma before the start of the season, and that was because with the Francesco coming in and also the arrival of uh, Monchi from Sevilla as the sporting director, I thought this would be a year of transition for the Giallorossi. So far, they're looking quite impressive under Di Francesco. I don't think the, we have seen the best yet from the Giallorossi, but they are playing in an attacking style, which Di Francesco wants to see. And I think at the moment, it's also a matter of them also getting the, the not just the shots on target, but just scoring more goals because they are creating the chances, they are taking the shots. And uh, obviously, as the season progresses... Uh, they need to be a bit more accurate with the shooting and also, you know, just be more opportunistic in that aspect. One of the things I do like, though, is Stefan El is playing a, playing a bit more. So he scored two goals against Udinese, and it's good to see him contributing as well because he's keeping Diego Perotti on the bench. He's not starting all the time. So if... If it's a matter of Di Francesco getting the rotations right and getting the bench players to make contributions, I think he can grow with more confidence as a coach and the team itself can have more belief and self-esteem. Definitely, and they're no doubt going to want some confidence and self-esteem going into their Champions League match uh, matches ahead. Obviously, they're in somewhat of the group of death it's been um, labelled, but... This week, they're away to Quarabag, the Azerbaijani uh, outfit. So, uh, Vito, you have to think if if they are any chance of progressing through this group, they need six points and quite a few goals from uh, the two fixtures against this um, club, with all due respect to Quarabag. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, with all due respect to Quarabag, I definitely think that Roma need to get the six points because they could only draw at home to Atletico Madrid and you know, facing the like of Chelsea and Atletico is going to be a great task, especially for someone like Di Francesco, who's only had one season in Europe with Sassuolo. So it will be a big challenge for him as well as the Giallorossi players. But uh, if they can win by at least four or five goals in a similar way Juventus did to Dinamo Zagreb, Last year, um, it would be a great confidence boost and also just looking forward as the competition progresses, they need those big wins. Kat, do you, are yeah, you confident they can put some goals past? Yeah, hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they need the six points at least. Yeah, well, so, um, yeah. It's, um, it was a tough, tough start for the three Italian uh, Champions League teams. None of them getting wins. So let's hope uh, next week we'll be talking about three victories uh, from the Serie A representatives. Uh, we'll move on from Roma and 
head over to the other Milanese giant, Inter, who left it late once again, relying on a late goal from uh, Daniela D'Ambrosio. Sorry, just had mind blank. Uh, from D'Ambrosio. Uh, it was a header off a corner. Um, by no means convincing, and uh, Luciano Spalletti himself said uh, that perhaps they have been too organised and need to be a bit more unpredictable. Um, Kat, I'll go to you. Um, Do you think that's a fair assessment? Um, And do they need to kind of change things up a bit or, you know, just continue developing, obviously, with the new coach at the helm? Yeah, I think the same as AC Milan. They need to to work on that. and. Yeah, probably they are too organized right now, but at this stage, it's the, the start of the season, so they probably need to work more on that. We have seen uh, Danilo D'Ambrosio, we also seen, yeah, probably Candreva is not um, the best of his form right now, but they have Caramo, then came in, and we're going to talk it later. But the thing is that the the team is playing well. So I was not so concerned about the way of playing. They need to work and probably they're going to fight for a Champions League spot this year. It's it's evident. So hope for Spalletti. He, he, he also said that they don't have many players in the team who can take also and be the opposite, but they have only uh, Candreva and Perisic. And Perisic, uh, yes, they played also really well. So they need to keep just the balance, work on that. Um, and they, they're going to fight for the Champions League. I believe that. Yeah. Um, Kat, you mentioned um, Candreva there, and um, I'll throw the video for this. But certainly he's been get, copying a lot of criticism uh, amongst Interisti uh, for wasting a huge amount of opportunities. So um, the question is, does he still deserve a starting spot? Because he seems to match after match, just um, he's one of the first selected, it seems. But um, he's certainly not providing the service, the likes that Mario Cardi would certainly want. And uh, as, again, you mentioned, Kat, Jan Karamo um, started, made his debut and looked quite strong, provided a lot of energy and enthusiasm, and he has uh, played a lot of right wing um, at KN. So, uh, Vito, thoughts on Kondreva and should he be starting still? Based on his club form, he doesn't deserve to be a starter, to be honest. For some reason, since he's arrived from Lazio, he seems to be... You know, good, uh, very good with the national team, and he might have the odd international where he's a bit off, but his contributions for the Azzurri are solid. Whereas with Inter, um, I find his that he's too simplistic or just his ball use is far too predictable. So I think he's another player that's also due for time on the bench because, uh, you know, I like Kandreva. He might not be as flashy or as unpredictable as some of the other wingers that are coming through for Italy at the moment, especially the younger ones. But, uh, you know, he's the guy that offers a lot of energy. He can chip in with a few goals occasionally. So I, I reckon perhaps he's due to, you know, be dropped and also get a wake-up call because I think 
once he realises he's dropped, I do believe he can bounce back. Kat, quick question. Would you, do you think um, uh, the likes of Karamal should deserve possibly a starting uh, place in front of Kondreva? Yeah, it could be. Um, well, he made his, de- his debut yesterday, so he impressed. And that's evident. And he was uh, uh, winning the corner that led for, for, the, for the goal. So looking at the future is uh, a promising player. He's talented, he's young. And it, it's in a good alternative for Spalletti also if he needs to Kandreva and have some breath for the following game. So that could be a good alternative also for, you know, prospective in, um, in Europe. But ha, um, as Spalletti said, they don't want to, to put too much pressure on him and I agree with that. So probably it's too early for, for a starter. I will try maybe some more games and then maybe just in, probably in January, then they could try to, to have, have him as a starter. So... Just uh, yeah, I'd have to agree with you with that. And following on, I guess from what Vito said, I think possibly, and it, it might be in Spalletti's mind, that just giving him those minutes here and there might just have Kondreva looking over his shoulder, and hopefully provide well for Inter fans uh, provide him that extra bit of motivation to get himself into gear and start producing um, in ways that he has often produced for the Azzurri. So. We will move on from Inter for now and go through some of the other results. Uh, Fiorentina against Atalanta was an interesting one. It finished one all thanks to a late equaliser uh, from Remo Frula. 12 minute, uh, quite a nice strike from Federico Chiesa. Uh, guys, uh, both of you, Fiorentina, Atalanta, and then as we've uh, discussed, Sampdoria, and you can throw Torino in there. They're kind of all in the the realms of that um, behind the, the the major teams, let's say, um, you know, with no disrespect meant, um, and possibly fighting for a, a Europa position. So I'm going to put you both on the spot and ask: uh, out of those four teams, who do you think is um, most likely to to clinch a Europa or a European qualification position. Um, I'll start with you, Vito. Well, for the time being, I'm still going to stick with my bias and I still think that Sump should be able to get that spot just because of the balance within the team and also Giampaolo's organisation. I think that will be the most uh, decisive thing for us. I reckon with the other teams, they can be a bit too inconsistent and... With Atalanta in particular, although they did get an impressive 5-1 win against Crotone in the midweek fixtures, uh, I think the verdict's still out if they can still balance both Serie A action and Europa League fixtures. Kat, what do you yeah. think? Are you going to break Vito's heart? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, I agree that Atalanta is going to lose probably some points uh, for, for the Europe, but... I don't know. And the way they're playing, Atalanta and Sampdoria are my favourites. 
So I would like to see a new sort of surprise. So Connor is gonna is gonna kill me now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I would like to see Sampdoria as as a new as a new the new surprise of the season. But on the way of playing, probably Atalanta is still getting there now. They probably on the way. I don't know if they're gonna lose some points. Uh, but yeah. Atalanta or Sampdoria. So it could be a reconfirmation or a new surprise of the <laughs> of the league. <laughs> okay, you've heard it here first. Sampdoria or Atalanta for a Europa League qualification. Um, going on to um, another, the big teams, I guess you could say, who has uh, finished fifth last season and one of the most, being one of the most consistent clubs in Italy, Lazio. With another um, strong win, three 0 over Verona, and Chiro Immobile once again has been absolutely superb, grabbing a brace and I believe an assist as well. Um, but even beyond that, he's been so important in the build-up of their attack um, behind Dybala. I think it's fair to say he's been the the form attacking player in the league. Um, I think we have spoken about Lazio and Immobile uh, in previous weeks, so we'll leave them there for now. But some of the other results, Kievo defeated Cagliari 2-0. It's a swallow 1-0. And uh, of the, the big southern matchup, Crotone defeated Benevento 2-0. That was Squali's first win of the season. Uh, Vito... They've got, they've got the first victory now. Um, can you see them doing the the impossible again and surviving uh, Serie A or surviving relegation? Uh, at the moment, I think they're having the same sort of issues as last season. They still got a few teething issues to deal with. You know, getting the squad to gel and the players need to understand the college tactics a bit more, but. In keeping the same system and having similar type of players, they could still have that second half uh, late run and uh, put things uh, together near the end and survive relegation. Um, I thought the goals scored were excellent goals too, like uh, Rolando Mandragora's volley was sensational. And uh, I'm sure the Juventini, uh, if they're keeping an eye on him because he's on loan from Juventus, so I think they'd be happy with that. And even the second goal by Roden was an excellent team goal. That uh, back heel from Marcello Trotta was absolutely excellent. It was like he wasn't even looking and he just back in the space for Roden to just run in. So, you know, one of the provincial teams, but you know, just as sensational as any goal you could see from the bigger teams in the division. Um, and the other thing I would probably point out, if... Um, if Crotone are going to survive in Serie A again, I think it's because Benevento, with all due respect to them, still look like a Serie B side with the squad they have. And also Hellas Verona, I'm going to say that they'll probably be one of the favourites to be relegated because, as I said last week, I do not rate Fabio Pecchi as a coach. I think Davide Nicola is a superior tactician to him. Interesting. Cat. Uh, Poor, poor Benevento. They're no, I feel so sorry. <laughs> trying, they're trying so hard. They yeah. almost got a result last week. Um, I thought a maybe... A little bit unlikely for, for the injuries for them. <laughs> but, yeah. 
I thought um, maybe in the Campania derby, maybe Napoli might go easy on them. But, no, <laughs> six goals just completely <laughs> annihilated them. Yeah. Is, is there any hope, any hope <laughs> at all to see the Campania derby stay in Serie A for, for next season? I hope so, but at this time, <laughs> see, it's quite difficult. Yeah, the zero point is the worst in Europe, the worst in Europe at the moment. So oh. I feel so sorry for them because um, I loved last year seeing them in, in Serie B. And yeah, unfortunately, with Napoli, it was either no shot in the target so hope for for the the following games maybe some point the next games is against Inter so I don't know quite difficult (laughs) (laughs) well um yeah a a few of us here at FIF try and support the southern teams as much as possible (laughs) so uh let's hope well I certainly hope and I'm sure you do too that um the the Campanias and the Calabrese clubs can continue to represent as much as possible yeah. in Serie A. So, but certainly it's not looking too good for Benevento at the moment. Guys, I think that actually wraps it up for this week. How did I go? Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> <For God. laughs> Just contain your enthusiasm, guys. Don't be... <laughs> work think um yeah hopefully um i did an okay job um yeah i'm not <laughs> sure what's happening next week i'm not sure when connor's back but i'm sure in um soon enough you'll hear the the beautiful tones irish tones of connor back on um <laughs> in, in your ears um so yeah that about does us Vito. thank you for waking up early in australia as always and You're welcome. Thank you for making your big debut, and hopefully you'll be joining us um, much more often. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Uh, quickly, guys, your Twitter accounts that people can find you and follow you and hear the your amazing commentary of Sedia. Vito, go first. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, my Twitter handle is at Vito C. Doria, so check me out there. And Kat? On Twitter as Caterina Mirra. And you can find me at Nick Z. Carroll. And, of course, uh, this is the Forza Italian Football Podcast, so be sure to follow on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, If you haven't already, check the YouTube page and subscribe because we not only stream the podcast live every week, but we also have a number of other videos which uh, myself, Vieri, and, of course, Katerina is featuring on. So check that out as much as you can. And if you would like to support what we're doing, we are all, all, of course, voluntary. We do this for the love of the game. So if you'd like to support us, please head over to the Forza Italian Football Patreon page. Uh, You could find the links below if you're watching on YouTube and give us anything um, that you can spare. It simply goes back into the product and helps us to develop the FIF brand um, and provide us uh, a better commentary for for the viewers. So that does it for us. Thank you for putting up with um, me for this week and uh, I'm sure 
someone, me, Connor, we'll see you again next week. So from Vito, Kat, and myself, ciao for now. Ciao. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. 
The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 